Hey, Dinks! Welcome to Dennis in the Know. This is your backstage pass for current trends, politics, and education in the dental world. I'm Dr. Jeff Horowitz. With me is Dr. Jennifer Bell. You know her as JB and Dr. Chad Duplantis. We are all practicing dentists, we are all educators, and we are all business owners. Our job is to bring all of you in the know. Hey, let's introduce our guest. You got it. All right. I'm going to let you take it away and introduce this gentleman because you know him very well. Gosh, I I mean, I've known of him and known his courses for a long time. I'm lucky enough now to be a part of his local study club here in Raleigh. So uh, David Geller and I met many moons ago uh, when I brought him here to North Carolina to speak for the AGD conference and um, really was intrigued with his IPR techniques and systems. And I think as Clearliner providers, that's something that continues to plague us and, and give us the most angst. That and attachment fall-offs are like the two things that you just are the bane of your existence. And so he had a really great systematic approach and being a COIS clinician, I love systems. I love always. And so he, he really had a really nice dial-in on that. And so um, he's a fantastic educator. He really has revolutionized, I think, the Clear Aligner education arena, something that I have wanted to see for a really long time as a provider, was other clinicians getting up and telling us how to be successful and how to treat patients well and effectively. And I think David is super dialed into that. And he does it in a way that's incredibly enjoyable and entertaining at the same time. Um, You had me at IPR. I'm telling you. (laughs) Telling you. You had me at IPR. David, so, welcome. You know, some really great facts. He is at the top Invisalign provider in the country, right? I, I just want to start off by saying that I was on Tuesday morning, I was nowhere near Nashville or Memphis. And I was in Orlando. <laughs> there are witnesses there. I don't know why that news story preceded my coming on the show, but I just want to say that I know nothing of it. And I, think- I have no part in it at all. I think going on record was important. Yes, I, I just want to start this. I am yeah. the Invisalign guy, but I just want to make that very clear. Yeah, I don't know yeah. how many Facebook people you have on, but uh, I think yeah, I, was was in, I was in the Orlando area on Tuesday morning. So witnesses and, and all. So uh, obviously David is a uh, large Invisalign provider and he has educated many, 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 many GPs across the country who the as Chad referred to, the Gallerites are loyal followers of his work. So cool. Very cool. You know, people um, people say people say that we're like a cult. Um, you know, the Gallerites. You know, my name is Galler. It's very biblical to call themselves Gallerites. Uh, they call themselves a cult. You know, people from the outside accuse us of being a cult. Kind of all march in step together. We do IPR the same way. We do attachments the same way. We start cases the same way. We all use the iTero the same way. We buy iTeros in bulk the same way. And I just want to go on record, you know, to say that we are 100% a cult. Okay, it absolutely is. It absolutely we are. We have a dynamic leader. We have a good nickname. <laughs> we are we are very excited. Here's the thing about cults. The people in cults are actually very happy. They're they're living their best life. It's their family members that have a problem with it. But there's nothing really wrong with a cult, especially if you have a 
good group of dental cult. But yeah, as that long is, as there's no Kool-Aid at the next study club, there's I'm so win. much Kool-Aid. I'm all in. Hey, by the hey, time I'm done go. with Chad, he's going to be scanning every patient who walks through the door. Exactly. Let's go off topic for just a second. You, you speak of cults. You want to know whose teeth I scanned last week? Yeah. JB, you're too young for this. David Koresh. Whoa, David Koresh. Oh. So my business partner was my my business. He's dead. My business partner was on the discovery and disaster response team for Mount Carmel, and he has the cast that they identified oh. David Koresh's body on. So I scanned so cool. and printed David Koresh's models with the extracted tooth that they did DNA on. Um, and I sent him over to uh, Texas. Well, I'm going to, I'm not, I can't say this, but I'm going to call it Baylor College of Dentistry's orthodontic program, which is now part of the Texas University system. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I sent him over wow. to the, the head of ortho over there. So yeah, yeah, That's really not so. No, you can yeah. have a new dental industry kind of brewing here. Yeah. Forensic yeah, Itero scanning. Itero yeah, scans of the deceased, the famous yes. deceased. Yes. We could open up yes. a museum. That would be cool. Yeah. It's kind of like yeah. what you do. So carry on. Sorry. I thought that was just really cool, useless information. Why isn't that a part of the news in this I program? That would have been, been my lead news. story if I was running this show. David oh, Koresh's remains have been scanned. Yes. You know, I'm kind of a big deal, but I didn't want to really share that with you. Yellow it's right. now a part of a Lions comprehensive record. Patient <laughs> yeah. we're, make, we're making a this line. If he comes back from the dead, Colby will come right. back. So my assistant says, what should we label this as? I go label it as David Koresh. We're in. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. God. Cool. That's awesome, actually. Well, Dave, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. And I have to say, now I get to kind of hang out with you uh, at least a couple times a year. We have a study club here in Raleigh now for the AACA, which we'll talk a little bit about, um, which has actually been a fantastic opportunity. One, because it's nice to be around folks who are struggling in the same trenches that you're in. But honestly, coming out of COVID, it's just been nice to be around folks and sharing stories and, and uh, camaraderie and professionalism amongst one another. So for that, I'm super grateful that you are, have put that together and, and given us an outlet, maybe even a little ahead of where other groups have gone. So yeah, you know, the ACA, you know, we're we're really doctor run. It's really just groups of doctors. There isn't a giant bureaucratic branch to it. Everybody in the ACA is just a dentist with a brick and mortar mm -hmm. store uh, who's just kind of putting their, you know, their resources together to create a better life for dentists. And, you know, really back in December, even before people started vaccinating, we saw we saw the dental stress and anxiety level and burnout happening. Dentists, dentists were going hard. No conventions, no, you know, no PDC, no ADA, no Yankee Dental, no Chicago Midwinter, no New York, where I'm from. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that's a big part of education, learning, networking. And you wipe that all out. And dentists were really burnt out. So the AACA saw an opportunity. The Koi Study Clubs were running, but they were late to the virtual game to figure it out. Seattle study clubs, I don't really think are have their best days behind them. Uh, and the AACA saw an opportunity to open up just homegrown study clubs. Uh, they're not fancy. They're just local people getting together. There's some food, two hours to see. 
throw together topics, uh, fly in some speakers. Sometimes it's Invisalign reviews. Sometimes it's outside Invisalign's purview or uh, auxiliary uh, products and ideas and concepts. We have about 14 of them going now in the country. We're hoping to get to about 20 by the end of the year. Um, there aren't really many requirements. Anybody could attend, whether you're an AACA member or not. They're all listed up on the AACA website. If somebody wants to start one, we have a pretty good cookie cutter recipe. Um, I think it's important for dentists to meet once a month. I'm a big proponent. Uh, Jen, you know this. I'm a huge proponent of dentists being dentists' best friends. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a third generation dentist, and I've always been taught hate hate thy peer, yeah. hate thy neighbor. Mm. See, see thy neighbor's ad in the paper and rip it up and get angry for the rest of the day. Um, and the most important, I teach Invisalign, but the most important thing I want to be remembered for is that dentists should be helpful and, you know, responsible to other dentists. There's so many teeth to go around. Everything, every trick I learn, every nuance I create, I rapidly share with everyone for free right away. Uh, there are no tricks I hold out. And, uh, you know, that's a, you know, a thought process that's starting to spread through dentistry. And the results are really, really tremendous. People are just get a trick, teach it, go. Well, it, I need to tell you, the secret is they're the most successful. Yeah. The hate does not get you to the level of success. And I say this about the specialists that I work with, the ones that are bar none more successful and are quite phenomenal at their jobs are teaching GPs how to do basic procedures that they can do in their office so that they're not being referred to there. So they can do the bigger stuff, the more complicated stuff. And then there's this fantastic relationship that starts to develop and everybody's working really well together. Those are the ones that are taking those next leaps professionally and, and their practices are never hungry for referrals. And so it's a much, long, much longer range view of how we work together and how we grow as, as humans and professionals. So yeah, I love that. I have a question for you. So my mentor told me today that you are one of the best educators that he's ever seen, which coming from my mentor, who's one of JB's mentors as well, means the world to us. So I'm not going to stroke your ego on that. Who's that again? You know him. You mentioned his name earlier, but Dr. Well, not really doctor, but Mark Nelson, uh, Mark, Mark, Mark is really one of my mentors and he's not even a, not even a dentist, but uh, he, one of the best people I know. But one of the questions that I have for you is that, you know, you mentioned Invisalign and I think that's really important. And this episode is not sponsored by Invisalign by in, in any means whatsoever. But there's a reason that you believe in Invisalign and there's a reason that you started with Invisalign. And so I'd really like to know what your thought process is behind that? Because I have my own thought process and I'm sure JB has hers too, but there's reasoning behind that. And if you don't mind sharing that, I'd love to hear it. About my passion for Invisalign? Absolutely. So I'll be honest with you. When I started Invisalign, I, you know, I graduated dental school. I joined a practice in Manhattan that was uh, successful and, you know, uh, downtown Manhattan was doing real well. And the owner said to me, you know, how, how, how long would it take you to cut a crown? you know, my future partner. And um, I said, you know, hour and a half over two visits. And he's like, well, I can do it in 20 minutes. It depends on if they have decay or not. Oh, well, we, don't, we don't mess with decay. Anything that crown can cover, we don't need to worry about. 
Um, you know, cut off the oxygen supply. Everybody knows that chat. Um, so he's like, well, that doesn't make sense. He goes, you know, how long? Well, this is before implants. He's like, how long will it take you to do a bridge? I was like, oh, you know, with study models, you know, six weeks solid. You know, I'm sure we can pull it off. And he's like, how long would it take you to do an MO? I'm like, oh, you know, if you want, if you want to contact an hour, no contact, probably 30 minutes. And he was like, what can you do? And I had just taken, you know, this is, this is early 2001. So that, you know, I had just taken the Invisalign course, um, at like a, a month or two before. And I put my wife at the time, you know, into it and, um, it was going well. And I said, Oh, I could do Invisalign. And he said, really? Oh, I, I don't know how to do that. I never took the training. I was like, Oh yeah, no, I, I could do Invisalign. Next thing you know, I'm banging Invisalign in Manhattan, uh, before anybody else got into it. And, uh, uh, that's how that's how it started. Uh, along the way, I realized that some of the things weren't working, and I had to create my own IPR system to make it work well. And then, what got me hooked is like dentistry is nice and cute, and you might like it or not like it, but nobody ever thanked me for doing a beautiful root canal. I mean, I've done no, root canals, no. I have done filling, I have done like fillings where you're like way deeper than you should be, but I just want to be Mister Nice Guy, I want to be Mister Hero. And I'm like high speed, then I'm low speed, and then I'm like scoop, 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 and then 45 minutes later of scooping, like, you know, it's all good. But nobody ever thanked me for that. I didn't really change any lives. With Invisalign, I've put plastic into people's mouths, and their lives have literally changed in front of me. Yeah. Like they are today different people. I get a few hundred Christmas cards from patients I, I don't even really remember. Being like, that was the impetus that got me the new job that I went back to school for, that I improved my relationship, I got into a better relationship, that I did this, that. It's amazing the effect that a smile has on people. And when you're not happy with your own smile, it degrades your life. And, you know, I'm famous for saying, you know, uh, a quote that I came from the 2015 Invisalign Summit. And it was like, listen, a healthy, perfect smile helps a person to reach their max potential in life uh, you know and if i could do it without drilling without injections just with plastic in your mouth it's a big deal and it's it's you know i, I still practice today even though i'm busy because i i can't get enough of it i'm addicted to it next week you know we're running you know some things i'm planning to start 20 cases in a day um I'm absolutely passionate about it. Once you get hooked on this, Chad, once you get these smiles, these tears in the chair, I mean, all other dentistry becomes meaningless. Well, let's yeah. talk about next week. Yeah. It's your birthday. It's my birthday. It's your hey, birthday. Let's think about birthdays for you. And what do you get for your birthday this year? All right. So this year, the AC present. Yeah. Okay. I drive to work and I constantly hear the DJ go. Hey, everyone, today is National Pancake Day. Hey, everyone, today is National Oreo Cookie Day. Hey, today is Love Your Brother Day. So this happens every day of my life. There's Every day supposedly has a national day attached to it. So the AACA took this project on uh, with the help of uh, a committee led by a doctor named Christina Blocker, known as the Queen of this line. And they were like, what is involved in making a national align your day? So we started a project about nine months ago. Um, it's, it's pretty large scale to get it done. It's a huge writer letting campaign. There's a lot of things you have to file paperwork, 
But we convinced the National Archive Society to make a national Align Your Teeth Day, which is next week, August 11th, which is my That's birthday. Right. It wasn't my choice. You know, one of the committee members thought it was appropriate. I thought 11-11 would have been a better day because then it's like one 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 with all teeth straight. But OK, anyway, <laughs> be next week, August 11th. And on that day, there are about 450 dental offices across the country that aren't going to do their regular dentistry, fillings, crowns, root canals, dentures, whatnot. And they're just going to dedicate it to helping people start Invisalign to get in the smiles that they want. There are discounts offered. It's just that one day only if you're hopefully you're in office that is in it. Let's kill it. We're planning to start a thousand Invisalign cases in one day. Imagine that chat. A thousand JB. A thousand people will look back and go August 11, 2021. That's where my life really took a turn. Yeah. It's amazing. Everyone talks about the biggest loser, you know, these people who lose three, 400 pounds and their lives change, the relationships change. We have a chance to do something like that. Um, And and it's going to be August 11th. Anybody can do it. Anybody can be on it. Uh, AACA member, non-AACA member. If you need help, we have resources. We have mentors. We have templates ready to go. I'm here ready to help anybody. But we're going to start a thousand cases uh, from GP offices in one day in this country. It's going to be amazing. With your dynamics, I think you're going to kill a thousand. I think it's going to crush it. Well, I can only work out of one office. (laughs) I tell you, man, I think it's, I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome. Imagine a thousand people remembering August 11th. That was the day that they stopped smoking. They, they straightened their teeth and they stopped smoking. They straightened their teeth. They got a better relationship. They straightened their teeth. They better parent, kid, mother, worker, office manager, whatever. It's amazing. I'm super excited. Hey, you know, I've got you've got a fan on the on the show. One of my classmates is referring to you as the wolf. Ooh. What's that all about, big guy? So <laughs> the wolf, the wolf story. So um I practiced for 20 years in uh, downtown Manhattan, uh 150 Broadway. That's where my office was. Um and at the time I was doing the most Invisalign in the country. Uh certainly in New York City. GP or ortho, not biggest provider in the country. There were many ortho providers that were bigger, but I was one of the biggest GP providers. Um, and people, patients would come and, you know, I'd do consults and, you know, I'd be able to just kind of show them the magic of what I could do. Um, you know, obviously I get paid for it. I'm not going to lie about that. I got paid and it was part of my salary, but I get very passionate about talking people into letting me straighten their teeth and what I can do for them. Cause I've seen it. I know what happens. Um, and people know that people see me do my consults, people have taped me doing my consults. And around that time, uh, the movie, the Wolf of Wall Street had come out with Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, the movie starts off. Yeah. The movie starts off with him at 120 Broadway, which is right. The building right next door to mine. And if you remember from the movie, again, he was a thief scoundrel, but you got to respect the fact that he can get Chad on the phone and make Chad buy penny stocks, for something that, you know, might not be worthwhile. Uh, he had a way of communication about him and passion. Uh, again, feed scoundrel, but counting out that part, uh, I kind of picked up uh, the name, the wolf of Invisalign uh, because I was so passionate about driving it and then passionate about educating about it. You know, I, I speak all around, been on the circus tour for a long time, just trying to get dentists to drink the Kool-Aid as JB said. Mm. Um, and uh, kind of that name kind of, it's been a while since I've, someone's called me the wolf, but every now and then you'll hear people say, oh, wolf Invisalign walking by. You know, I, I love it. My family's, uh, I have a lot of family in Port Washington. 
Okay. And uh, and and part of that movie was right there. In there. Yeah. And so and my son's going into film. I love the movie. I get the I get the analogy big time. So you are the wolf of Invisalign. I'll go I'll go for that. Yeah. So the nice so part, not the cocaine and hooker part. Just just the nice. Hey, dude. The, nice part. the best part was when he was he was so stoned and he was. Tr- he was trying to make the phone yeah. call okay. and he had totaled the car. I mean, he it was so the car. great. That's that's like one of the best movies of all time. I could go on and on and on about it. But I'm going to go back to basics here. And, and I think that there's so much timidness. But I think that we have an opportune time in dentistry because if you think about it, it's not just clear liners. There's freaking mail order everything. Patients can get their night guards. Patients can go straighten their teeth. Patients can go get sleep appliances. Patients can get a balloon to suck their tongue in so that they don't snore. There's so many things that patients can do online. So my question is twofold. The first is, as a young dentist, what's the first step you need to take on your clear aligner pathway? And my second question is, is, how do we prove our validity to these patients in the world that we live in, especially with inflation about to go through the freaking roof? Yeah, it's good. So if you're a young dentist out there, you have to understand that this game is getting faster and faster and faster. Invisalign, when Invisalign started out, when I started Invisalign, it was like doing Botox now. I don't know, JB, you do Botox, right? Chad, do you do Botox? Well, we can't no. do it in our state. You can't do it in yeah. North Carolina. Like, if you hear a dentist does Botox, you're like, yeah, that's cute. No, I don't do you. any Botox, man. I don't do, I don't do anything. Don't you're like, me. Like, you're Not like, a good, giver. Good for you. Who cares you doing? When I started Invisalign, people were like, ooh, so fancy. You're a little, you're a little orthodontist, aren't you? Nowadays, if you are a general dentist in this country, you are expected to understand, to know how to execute an Invisalign case from start to fair. The public does not want orthodontists doing it. They want their regular general dentist to do it. So this has gone from a Nietzsche weird thing when I started it in 2001. In 2021, if you're a GP, you better, better know how to do it. Now, here's the part that relates to the second part. Orthodontics is not easy. It's not. No. People go Dude. to school for a really long time to learn how to That's do it. That's an engineering degree of it dentistry. It is very complicated to move people's teeth. It's even more complicated to move people's teeth with plastic because, you know, there's a general misconception out there just because you don't have to put a bracket on. You don't have to give an injection. You don't have to cut anything. They're like, oh, just take an impression and go. That is not true. Invisalign has a tremendous amount of research and development on it. And the best dentists in this country who provide Invisalign know and understand the science involved because it is not easy to move teeth. Despite what marketing tells you, despite what pop-up company comes up on your Instagram feed and tells you, buy a liner, save the money, no need for dentists. It is not easy. You do need training. You do need to learn how to do it. There are pitfalls all along the way. And listen, if you're a general dentist and you don't know how to put on brackets and wires or hook up a hooker Schmeitzer appliance, you don't have a plan B. So this thing's got to work. Yeah. So, I, you know, I try and encourage all dentists to get clear aligner trained through Invisalign. I have a program that a lot of people love to go to. I don't want to plug my own programs on your program, but you already said it. So I'll say it. Do it. You know, I have a program called the Reengage program. It is Invisalign 
you know, sponsored. It's a two day program. We run it nowadays. It used to be hard to get into. You have to know somebody. Nowadays, anybody can get in at any point. Just go on uh, to the AACA website. You can find the course. It's a two day hands on course. I will show you from start to finish how to treat a thousand or two thousand cases um, that 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 you need to know. Without that course, it's really hard to play in this game. A lot of a lot of GPs start Invisalign, run aground, get frustrated, and then dump it. It's not impossible. It's not a very complicated thing, but you do have to know some know-how. But if you do and you make that jump, man, the amount of people in this country with crowding and, to your point, Chad, inflation, this thing is, this thing is going to be – international travel is cutting down. Like all people who had vacations planned outside of this country, that just evaporated. Yeah. You know? Well, let's go back to this hooker thing real quick. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> You already started with a testosterone joke. I don't. I can't. I don't want to be associated with this. So I'll keep it on track. I would tell you that you solved the biggest problem I saw with Invisalign from early on is, and you probably experienced it because I was educated a little bit after you. But still, I felt like you went to this intro course. They told you how you could take plastic and fix teeth, and then. Off you went and you were supposed to figure it out and there were no resources. You couldn't lean on anybody. And then to your point, if it failed a couple of times or you couldn't get yourself out of situations, you bagged the whole thing. And I think you're absolutely solving a current problem in the clear ladder market to make sure that GPs have a resource and that when they're having issues that are coming up, that they have a mentor or a colleague or webinar Wednesdays or whatever it is to say, you know what, I'm going to dial in on that because this is a problem I have to solve. And I I think that's been a huge um, adjunct and why those who are in AACA and the study clubs and stuff see that trajectory change because their confidence improves. Like, yeah. And I mean, here's the background on it. It's not that Invisalign dropped the ball on GPs. It's that there's two different organizations within Invisalign. Correct. You got orthodontists and then you got GPs. Both have pathways. Both pathways are correct, but they're very different. Correct. You know, in Invisalign, you know, years ago when you and I started, JV, it it was an orthodontist pathway. Yeah. You know, an orthodontist put on the clear liners. They would use them. They would run through it. They something wouldn't work. They'd hook up a hooker Schmeitzer appliance with a elastic rung and this that, throw six on, and then you fix it. I got no, I don't know how to do that. My, my backup plan is you get, you're getting all on four. Like, yeah. I don't know what else are we going to do here? I don't know how to this do this. This is a fixed right now. There's no way to solve this problem. So, so educationally and, and format wise, what fits in a GP office was not always there. And that's where a lot of my, uh, a lot of my just luck into it. I'm a system guy. Everything I do has to be a system. I, I can't function without system. I like to do system A, B, C, and D. When I teach Chad, as you mentioned, you know, Mark talks about it all the time. People like cookie cutter systems. You know, my lectures aren't just come, let me show you six of my cases and you can see what a great dentist I am. My lectures are, hey, when I see a case, this is the first thing I do. This is the second thing I do. This is the third thing I do. This is the fourth thing I do on every single case. If I do IPR, I do step one, then step two, then step three, step four. When I get a clin check back, I do step one, step two, step three, step four. When you put the GP style of Invisalign into that framework, it becomes a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And it becomes extremely repeatable and it becomes very attainable. Here's what I tell everybody. When I do Invisalign cases and all of my followers, when we do Invisalign cases, 
It might not be the most perfect orthodontic result, AAO standards. Not everyone ends in a class one because Invisalign is not great at moving adults into class one. What it is, is a better occlusion, stable, better hygiene, better perio, cosmetic, and a happier patient. So, you know, we do Invisalign with the philosophy, maximum efficiency, maximum predictability. Um, and that in a very stepwise logical way works real well. And, um, you know, we, we do about 20, it's about 23% of the North America volume is done by, you know, a band of 1500, 2000 GPs in the country who just understand it better than everyone else. I'm sold. I'm in on one of your courses. I want to be your next prodigy. Uh, I'm in, I love it. I I love it. I, I I also uh, look forward to seeing you uh, maybe on the other side of the pond in October. And uh, you think we're gonna go? I don't know. I I, I hope don't so. know. I, I hope so. I already booked tickets, but it's looking a little dicey. I, I haven't booked tickets yet. I need to, but I I I'm looking forward to to visiting with it you. It may require bit. a full space suit. Yeah. Yeah, I I have so many more questions that I want to ask you. Uh, it it there you're just a wealth of knowledge. Thank you so much. Hey, David, can we chat a little bit about DIY stuff? Because I think uh, obviously, and actually, we had a question from a viewer too who wants to know what procedures in Invisalign you're currently you would delegate to your assistants. And I know that's fairly state specific, but I'm sure there's kind of a broad scope. Of things, and then if you want to address that, and then we can get a little bit into DIY because I think there it's a that question's multifaceted. Number one, how is that playing in the market? We can talk a little bit about Patterson and kind of that whole that yeah. whole thing that went down. But two, I think um, communication techniques for practitioners to be able to handle those questions when patients sit down and say, "Well, I mean, I can do it for." A, with a particular company, and now there's like 10 of them yep. for 1500, 1800, 2200, whatever it is, and you want to charge X amount. How do you justify that? And so I think there's a lot of communication finesse that comes with those particular conversations. So, really long question delegated assistance, DIY, maybe Patterson a little bit, and then communication techniques. Thanks for compartmentalizing that. You like that? That's a system. Yeah, that's, that's a question. That's, that's what we call a run-on sentence in Texas. So, you know, delegating to assistants. So it's it's a very popular topic because it's very sexy to say, oh, I don't see my Invisalign patients. Five minutes, 10 minutes. You know, your orthodontic normal practice, you know, for an orthodontist, they got a bay of seven chairs and the orthodontist just goes, mm, yeah, and the girls do everything. I don't mean that term madmen like but you know the assistants do everything in my office i'll have the assistants do insert number one they do the scanning of all the patients um but after that i kind of do everything I, I i like to do the consults i like to place my own attachments even if you're in a state where they allow it unless you have an EFTA. some people have these expanded function yeah. dental assistants who are better than me at like making temporary crowns you know, if you have one of those, good. But your normal dental assistant, you know, placing attachments, I think I think you're making a mistake. The biggest plague for Invisalign cases that I see is this thing that we call refinement rate, which means you finish the Invisalign trays, 15, and the teeth are not straight. So you got to do it again. 
Take a new scan, new impression, new attachments, new ClinCheck. It is an absolute killer of chair time, patient energy, and everything. I love a system where I keep that refinement rate sub 20%, which, which, is, which is a high in the country and has been for a long time. And what people miss is the way – it's not that I'm some genius, um, although – you know, there is there is some brilliance. No, th- I just I just monitor the case all the way through. So I put on all the attachments to make sure they're perfect. I see the patients every time they come in to make sure that the trays are tracking. If they're not tracking, you know, I, I start to troubleshoot right there. Why is this tooth not moving? Let, yeah. let me figure it out. My regular assistants, when they do that job, they if the trays snap in, they snap in. But you have to understand there's a difference between trays snapping in and the difference of a, a two to three millimeter space between the top of the tooth and the Invisalign, albeit snaps in. If there's a space between the top of the tooth and the Invisalign, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. The tooth is not where it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a yeah. perfect one-to-one ratio. Now, if they fit in, patient's happy they leave they come back but they come back six weeks later now you're out of the game now you got to restart the whole thing your practice this is the most profitable procedure in the world if you can get in and out of these cases in 20 liners in and out 20 liners five six months don't leave a mark and i mean this is the most your your reputation will precede you because if you call a regular orthodontist office and i'm not knocking orthodontist but you ask them you cold call and be like how long is invisalign they will say 18 to 24 months that's what they do. Put it on. Works a little bit. Then you put it on again. Works a little bit. Throw an arch wire on. A little bit more. The GPs in this country who can get in and out of the cases in five, six months, it's the real deal. So as a very long-winded answer to your delegation, I'm not big in delegating. Insert ones, things like that. Problem shooting, things like that. Yeah. Um, delivering retainers, maybe. Yeah. But the rest of it, attachments, checks, I do that. So I, I'm not a big fan of delegating too much of it. Uh, unless you're working in conjunction, they're reporting back, and you're going in to check it. Uh, in terms of the DIY, it's it's been around for a long time. I actually think it's, it's dying out a little bit. I actually think Invisalign is actually gaining momentum on these DIY. I think the DIYs have seen their best days. Mm -hmm. DIY stands for do-it-yourself orthodontics, basically marketing companies that say, hey, you don't need a dentist. Just send us some impression of your mouth or go to a scan shop and we will send you back clear liners. You will treat orthodontics yourself. And what people don't understand, what I tell my patients, I'm like, listen, this is really hard to do. People go to school for a really long time to learn how to do this. My whole career is teaching dentists, how to make sure Invisalign goes well. These are dentists, people who understand the difference between a primo on a molar and a cuspid. And you think Joe Blow patient is going to think, I mean, the stories of what happens to people who jump into do-it-yourself plastic without orthodontic diagnosis, without exam, without an understanding of the periodontium and what movements they're doing and how, and without IPR, it's like every dentist I meet says, oh, yeah, I had a patient come in. They're going to lose a tooth. Oh, yeah, they have a posterior open bite. Yeah, they did this. You know, they did this company, that company. When I have a patient in my chair, I say, listen, JB, you can buy from Home Depot every single thing that you need to make your own roof. 100% from the, the tar to the shingles to the base to the sealer. And you can watch YouTube videos of every single part of that procedure, the wood to the plank, to the shingle, to the tar. You could, you could watch the whole thing. You could buy everything and you could watch it all and you could do it at home. But would you make your own roof? Right. No, no, no you would not. not. It would rain on your family, possibly collapse on them. Right. It takes a certain amount of expertise. Orthodontics is the same way. And the most important thing I stress, you know, to my patients and to my doctors is you have to look the patient in the eye and just say, listen, 
This is not like a weight loss program, pill, shake, diet that you're going to try. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't work. It's worth, you get what you pay for. I'm willing to try it. If this doesn't work, your back teeth won't touch for the rest of your life. Yeah. That's best case scenario. Worst case scenario, because there's no IPR and the teeth are crowded, the only game they have is just push them out, 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 out. I could push your teeth out all the way out, and eventually they'll get cra- they'll get straight. They'll get straight. Push them way past where the alveolar ridge is. You're going to receive recession and a dehiscence right. and mobility, and then it's going to turn dark, and then it's going to fall out. The st- I mean, any patient can go onto the Better Business Bureau and look at the complaints for DIY orthodontics and see all the local news stories about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, just be an educated person, but it's not like it'll work. Don't work. I'll try my best. I'll see what happens. If this doesn't go well, you won't chew again. And when I say it like that to patients and doctors, I think hopefully I reach them. It's such an interesting dynamic because, you know, the free market and FTC is all about making sure there's no monopolies and everybody's getting a fair shake. And yet there's the protection of public health and, you know, knowing that certain things have an increased level of liability. And and I think hopefully this will continue to get some investigation and that the public health, for lack of their own intelligence on the subject matter, will get, um, you know, semi-protected because that's what the state boards are supposed to be there for. That's what they're supposed to do for the public health. This is so far outside of their boundary of what they can really do for the citizens of their state to say, hey, this is not complying with rules and regs of what we know to be good dentistry. So it hasn't worked so far. No. Yeah, I know, I know. The state boards um, have let us down. Or they've been beat in court. They don't they don't have good I, I don't know. know why they have Alabama and Georgia both just lost. I saw I, that was in my news actually two weeks ago. Um because that was big news. And and you know North Carolina's had its own battles with FTC issues. Um, it doesn't go well for states when they try to go up against larger corporations and and the billion dollar corporations. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a it's a hard go, but we just, I just, you know, we can't worry about that. We just have to go grassroots to the dentist. We have to go grassroots to the patients. We just have to inform people about this. Orthodontics has to be doctor led. It has to be doctor based. Doctors have to be trained well. Orthodontics is not easy. Clear liner movements are not easy. It doesn't just happen automatically. Uh, there's a lot to it and a lot that can go wrong. And when it goes wrong, it, it, it could be really be problematic for patients. The other interesting thing that I saw recently is how clear aligner companies are now going after GP, like the DIYs. There are certain niche uh, DIY groups that are specifically sort of led by orthodontists or sort of being managed by orthodontists. And they're directly going after GPs as well and saying, well, don't do DIY, but don't don't do GP led and, you know, clear aligner therapy either. So it's it's such a multifaceted economy of of the different players that are trying to establish a foothold within what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, you listen, this is this is a huge huge market. You know, mm-hmm. this is an uh easily a, you know, 50 billion dollar market globally, yeah. you know. Uh and with that brings a lot of people and I think we're over the uh 
you don't need any dentist. I mean, I think at least the DIYs are now are like, oh, well, let's get some dentist involved in it. You know, at least at the beginning, go to a dentist, get involved. And, you know, that's what happened a couple of weeks ago where, you know, DIY companies are reaching out to dentists saying, can you please prescribe my DIY to your patients? Um, and I think, you know, listen, there's always going to be a dentist who signs up, always. You know, yeah. you, you could have a cleaning that's $6 and you'll get 10 dentists go, yeah, okay, what, yeah, I'll try it. Yeah. <laughs> You're only paying six, five. Okay. Five final, final offer. Done, done, done. I'll do it. Yeah. Oh, no, I'll take it. Um, but I think, I think the education is spreading in dentistry. And I think a lot of dentists are very wary about taking on things that don't uh, smell right um, or, or will leave them in a bit of a hole with patients. Orthodontics is an amazing adjunct to your practice. Clear liners will change your life and give you real purpose. If you're, you know, my, my best, my best students are late 30s, early 40s, mid 40s. They're like, I've done it all, seen it all. I'm looking for something that's exciting. It's going to change people's lives in my practice. Um, you know, give me a dentist 35 to 50, has an established practice, has an established, you know, work thing and wants to learn Invisalign and wants to change people's lives and get excited about it and do cool stuff. Unlimited potential. You know what? That's that's awesome, and I think that's uh, since we're coming to a close, that's a you've left him speechless. But <laughs> can you feel I it? Wanna, no, Dink. you said something <laughs> early. Dink. That I should be like <laughs> closing your thing. Dink. We dinked you. We, oh. we did dink you, but you you first of all you included me in that category because I am sub fifty, over thirty five, over forty. JB laughs all the time, but she's not that much younger than me. I just want everybody to know <laughs> that she just colors her hair. Um, but one of the things that you said earlier, and we need to go macro versus micro because you said people get stuck in Invisalign. They do a few cases, they get frustrated and they say, screw it. You know what? If that was our livelihood, would we say screw it? No, we would better ourselves right. because that's what we do in general dentistry. If we sucked at fillings, and we said, screw it, you probably wouldn't have much of a practice to hang your shingle on if you didn't have anything beyond fillings. Mm -hmm. So really, when you feel that you suck at it, seek help. Seek Dr. Galler's course. Become a, a, a uh, whatever you, Galileite or whatever. Gallerite. I said it earlier and I totally forgot it. But I like Galilee. I mean, you have Galileite, Galatian, Gallerite. But no, uh, but no, thank you so much. You said so many great things. And I think that people who are stuck in a rut look towards what he's doing with Invisalign. I'm sold. I'm in. Uh, can't wait. To I can change you your career. Cover. I can absolutely change your career. Man, 100%. I need to change something. Happier, more revenue, more fun. Just really just enjoying what you used to do. If, if, if you know, just getting back to something that people cry in the chair. It's weird. People cry from happiness in the chair. And that's not something I experienced in my previous life, filling veneers, cosmetic Manhattan practice. So um, yeah, it's it, everything is doable. Everything is doable. Everything is teachable. I have the keys. I have all the answers. Um, and I'd love the chance to teach you, Chad, and anybody else, GP-wise, who wants to learn Invisalign for reals. I'm in, man, for reals. Hey, Love it. Thanks, David. Really, thanks, guys. really, really thanks. appreciate hey, your time. You're back awesome. home. Thank you. All right. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in Miami now, but I'll be back in Raleigh next week. Yeah. Sounds yeah. good. Take All care, right. Guys. See you soon, David. Thank you so much. 
And that wraps up another podcast for Dentists in the Know. On behalf of Dr. Jennifer Bell, Dr. Chad Duplantis, and myself, remember that we've got a great profession. So let's make it a great day, dinks.